Welcome to Two Crazy Scoops, the weekend coffee break with your hosts, Ayo and Tino, and special guest, Miguel Peru. This week we're going to talk about uh, music, musical instruments, drumming, all that fun stuff, so stay tuned and listen to this awesome piano jingling. Aaron doesn't want to listen to it. Sorry. We're going to make him. No, I'm just trying to remember. Did you make that? Yeah. You made that. Okay. So thanks. Wow, that's pretty Appreciating good. My yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. Not that I, well, I'm remembering that you made it. I thought it was a generic jingle you found somewhere. So how you do that is by going into GarageBand, going into live loops, and you can just mix all the loops together. And apparently since you're using some creativity and adding these loops together it's yours it's yours it's kind no, of that weird. makes sense that makes sense but i mean i'm actively playing the instruments so it made it a lot easier so whenever you listen to these podcasts and they have amazing intros oh that's what i was saying i thought you were playing the instruments nope. no yeah so hate to blow the cover on this one but uh i took the lazy way out because well, apparently we, whenever i took the time to record one it wasn't good enough <laughs> <laughs> and the table flipped right on my head <laughs> end of episode <laughs> Sorry you had to hear that, Miguel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you guys fighting? <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're glad that you uh, traveled all the way back to do another episode with us. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did wanted... not live that far. <laughs> we wanted to... Uh... It's a different zip code. <laughs> yeah, he like, basically lives in nowhere land. Oh, God. Uh, what was I saying? Yes, so, mm. music. We didn't get a chance to talk to you about so you, my friend, are a drummer. I am. That is correct. I find drummers to be very unique individuals because you need space to practice, and people have to allow you to practice around them. Yeah. So how did that work out when you were like <laughs> learning to play? Uh, very badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. It all began, I think, when I was a, a little boy, and I think I remember my earliest memory was my mom bringing out uh, pots and pans and cans of vegetables and I would just kind of you know pound on those uh, for a little bit and they would play music and I would just mimic you know the drummer pretend I was you know doing what he was doing and, and that kind of sort of began a love uh, for music at that age and, and eventually I uh, joined band in fifth grade and and then I went on to jazz band and concert band I did a little bit of marching band and it just completely the music thing consumed my life mm-hmm. so much in the early uh, school, grade school years, and uh, and the drums. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I like a lot of people say it comes naturally. You're either born with it or not. But I like to think that I it was a learned skill. Uh huh. Um, maybe I had a, a natural inclination, but I think I still had to grow uh, to do it. Yeah. To do it correctly. You, I don't know if you would agree with that with uh, other instruments, but and I can only really speak to uh, percussion. Mm-hmm. Because that was really the only uh, arena I played in. Yeah, um, I, I didn't really dabble in any other instrument. I appreciated, uh, obviously, uh, music in general. So mm-hmm. obviously, I appreciated what other musicians were doing in the band at that time. But I think I, I, I was always very partial to, to you know, drums and stuff like that. So yeah, I think what you're saying, I've heard that a lot too. Either you have it or you don't. But I used to believe I didn't have it, and I probably still don't. But I've practiced a lot, and I've gotten some beats down. Most of them I've created myself. Whenever I go into the trying to learn a new beat, it's always very difficult. 
Um, what, what would you think the mindset is that you go into? Because I think if you're playing guitar, you're kind of mimicking the style somewhat of the way someone's playing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's more just imitation. I mean, I I would I didn't really go into uh, you know uh, musical notations uh, quite a bit. I think it all began with just hearing something and trying to mimic it, mm-hmm. trying to imitate it. And so I really just learned music based off my ear, uh, you know, to begin with, what I listened oh, to. Wait just one second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I think Aaron's neighbors are fighting in the background. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> drama. Yeah. Drama. You know what? Let's go film that. <laughs> Um, (laughs) sorry for the break folks anyway (laughs) um so music yeah is there a certain musician i mean a drummer that you really like i know uh you know like john bonham neil pert yeah Um, those were definitely uh, on my list of top drummers um what about keith moon keith moon oh my gosh yes definitely he's up there and uh, i can't remember the name of the drummer for smashing pumpkins but yeah they, they just they outstanding i think his drummers did things with the drums that uh sounded like nowadays if you were to listen to that music you think oh they must have so much effects or so many drum pedals and stuff like that but they were working with very bare bones at that moment so you know it it was really incredible uh, what they were able to accomplish with their drumming at that time Uh, even all the way back to yeah to like keith moon and uh, john bonham obviously some of them had a lot more drums a lot more drums to work with, but even the, some of the best ones were able to do a lot with. Uh, I saw this meme. Less. It's not funny that he died, but Neil Peart did die recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw his meme that said that they're donating each of his drums to a musical school in all all the provinces in Canada. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's how many drums he had. <laughs> that's funny. That's pretty clever. Yeah, because yeah, you have you ever seen um, like the band Rush play live? Mm-hmm. The guy has a drum set. He's on a swivel chair, and he basically can go all around him. He's got chimes. He's got drums. He's got electronic drums. He's got cymbals. He's got little, like, tiny cymbals. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. Mm. It's pretty Does he have bells, too? Probably. I think he's got everything. Yeah, it's yeah. all the bells and whistles, as yeah. they would say. <laughs> I think today they're still discovering things he had in that <laughs> yeah that wow. he lost yeah. over time yeah. he may have even like fabricated things that nobody even knew about so what kind of a drummer would you say you are because I, I let's go from neil pert to keith moon i know keith moon can be described as a very sloppy drum player whereas uh neil pert's extremely precise yeah i i kind of try to dance in, in different areas of, of drumming I, I tried to learn a little bit of everything some jazz and I did you know, a lot of rock and I, I didn't really um, have a favorite. I just knew if I liked something, it was obvious because I was trying to imitate it. You know? <laughs> I didn't really, you know, gravitate towards one style or, or another as to what kind of drummer I was. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really ever focused on one at a time. I just was all over the place. Yeah. I think I, I kind of feel the same way with like guitar playing. It, there's some people that you like to imitate their sound, but you still kind of make it your own in the end. Yeah. I think that's the cool thing about music. Yeah. And really art in general is like that. You kind of combine what yeah. you like from each genre or whatever. You know. So something I don't think a lot of people knew about, know about, because I don't, I don't even know how to do it still, 
I didn't know you had to until someone played my drum set and was like, dude, this is out of tune. I was like, you have to tune drums? Yeah, yeah what do you think those knobs are for? I was like, decoration? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you actually have to tune the drums uh, to, in order for them to you know, be uh, efficient and they have to sound a certain way. Obviously, you could tune them uh, just like any other instrument to, to sound the way you like, but a lot of it has to do with just making sure that they're tight enough so that you know the humidity doesn't warp them. Mm. You know a little bit about that because of guitar. It's kind of the same way. Yeah. But now, I, now that I think about it. I think a long time ago, when we were over at a friend's house, I brought the drums outside and it was raining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that affects it surprisingly. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of science to it that I, even I don't understand. It's beyond me. But, but does it? Do you tune it to a note? Is there? Is it kind of like that? Or you can, but um, a lot of it depends on what you like, or what you prefer, because. In the decades ago, in the past, uh, if you were to listen to music from like the 60s and 70s and anything before that, uh, drum, drumming had a lot of echoing, mm-hmm. you know, and then there was this idea of gated re- reverb or reverberation. So, you know, the idea of hitting a, a drum and the sound echoes, but it comes back, uh, they tried to eliminate that. In the 80s. So it all kind of began with like uh, Phil Collins, you know. Yeah, so this some person uh, developed this machine uh, basically to, to eliminate that sound from traveling back to huh. the listener. Hmm. They wanted a, a drum to sound like it was, you know, being you know, stomped, but stopped at the same time. So it got louder, but it also stopped right at the peak so that it never came back uh, to you they like that sound oh, okay. you know so that's why if you listen to a lot of music in the 80s it has what they call gated reverb um hmm. and they used a machine they created a whole machine to create that effect mm-hmm. obviously today you could just tap a button on it some software <laughs> yeah but, but back then but back then they that this they had this idea like well we want our drums not to echo like the big band jazz drums did and a lot of drums oh, in the 70s you know, they would echo a lot. If you listen to, like, you know, a lot of Zeppelin or, you know, you notice when John Bonham, you know, drums, there's a lot of echoing. Oh, what's that? Uh, when the levee breaks? Yeah. Uh, I was watching a documentary about that, and they put microphones all the way up a staircase yeah. and recorded him playing it. But another thing is, is in, there's a song, Since I've Been Loving You, and you can hear his pedal squeak, mm. and it annoys me so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're... <laughs> yeah. Every time he goes yeah. down, it's the bass, and a lot of people love that because it's so authentic. I mean, <laughs> but some people didn't like that you can pick up on that stuff in the sound in the recording studio. So they came up with gated reverb to eliminate that. You oh, stop wow. all that extra sound, and, uh-huh. and you just get the you know the, the peak of of what the drummer's trying to do, and so the drums sound different. Wow, yeah, yeah. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. You should research it. There's a lot more to it than that, a lot more science to it. But that's the, the basic gist of it, that, that drumming has really kind of evolved through the years in terms of the sound you get. Some people like, you know, the, the, the past and where the drums echoed a lot. It all depends on the style that you're working with, you know. Mm-hmm. If you prefer a, a real coarse drum, uh, then you, you go for that effect. So mm-hmm. you know, it all depends. Yeah, and then you, you have a lot of, like, as you get into the 90s, uh, like, bands like Metallica and stuff, you started getting real heavy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like some of that, but 
I think growing up at the time I did was the worst time to ever grow up with someone who played drums because all the kids were into like heavy metal stuff that or screamo stuff and it was all double bass. Yeah. And they were like, dude, check this out. Yeah. And you're like, um, yeah, like, that's cool, I yeah. guess, but you, it's not music. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like they think that they have a, if they have an extra drum, then obviously they're a lot cooler, more talented. Yeah. The best drummers had very little to work with. A lot of jazz drummers worked with very little, just a snare, a bass, and maybe a cymbal, maybe, you know, two cymbals, but that was it because, you know, if you work with less, you, you're forced to be more creative, mm-hmm. kind of like in film, you know, you just, if you, the less you have, the more you have to work to achieve your art, and then yeah. it reflects really well. And I think that kind of accomplishment <laughs> comes off in the people who are listening, too. You feel fulfilled. Yes. Because you know that there was a lot of work that was put into it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's why I hate metal. It's just yeah, garbage. I, that's one style I just never got around to. I mean, so there might have been certain bands that maybe made one song that I kind of liked, but mm-hmm. most of them don't have any melody. It's just noise. So, yeah. yeah. How could you really, you know, <laughs> tap your foot? To... You don't tap your foot. You throw people in the yeah, walls. Yeah, that's basically. Basically, yeah. I best, how you best enjoy that. Pretty much. You have to grow your hair up pretty long, though. Yeah. Then you go, you start throwing people in the yeah. walls. That's it. You got to wear, like, these funny wristbands. Yeah, I know. You've got a long ways to go so you can fully appreciate that. That's true, yeah. Maybe I just don't understand it. Yeah, you don't get it, man. They're just at another level. (laughs) I haven't uh, achieved that yet. Yeah. So there is a place for double bass, but not in a beginner's, I would say. Yeah. And I think John Bonham worked with double bass, too, but he he knew how to do it skillfully, you know, in a way that made it sound, you know, natural. There's a song where he plays, like, a 10-minute just him mm-hmm. live yeah. and it was crazy he throws his sticks and he's just playing with his hands too yeah. Yep. oh yeah yeah santana's drummer is also another drummer i really liked uh, i know he's had uh, a couple over the years but um the one he had during woodstock was just incredible the thing that that kid did he was super young too but he he had a solo and i mean Oh. Soul Sacrifice. Soul Sacrifice, yeah. yeah. It's a funny name for a song. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing it in the car. My mother-in-law's like, oh, cool. What song's this? Oh, uh, it's Soul Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the names are questionable. But, <laughs> but the things he did with those drums, man, you can yeah. see it on film, and it's incredible. I mean, you're seeing smoke, you know, <laughs> rising from the drums just because of what he was doing. Smoking? Oh. <laughs> no. no, it was from the sticks. He was losing, you know, yeah. shards of wood. and. Yeah, that's really cool because it starts off with the yeah and then the drums go in with what is it congos or congas yeah yeah yeah. something like that yeah and the drums start mimicking that yeah oh man yeah it's got a cool like rise and then a fall but then like ends and he he kind of echoed a lot of like the jazz rhythm and and methods that that a lot of jazz drummers do They, they 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 focus on a little bit and they you know they're they become territorial in that they start working with other drums but they can manage in just, you know, one area for a little bit and then move to another. So I see you holding your hand in a different way because I know that jazz, you can do, like, close fist, holding it like that. Yeah. While balancing it on your, what is it, your pointer finger? Is that what you're supposed to do? Uh, yeah. Well, usually it's just holding it with the thumb and the index finger on both hands. And then the jazz kind of tilts their yeah. wrist. I don't really know how that started, but it seems to be work more, uh, work easily more easily with with jazz drumming if you want to do certain things it's just easier to bend your wrist like that and just to kind of uh, you know so are you really hitting the drums 
like hard or are you? And no, that's the thing. That's where it comes through. Uh, what kind of you know style you're using? Because the jazz drumming shouldn't really be that you know hard and coarse. It, it should really complement what the other musicians are doing, but not be so overpowering. And part of bending your wrist like that is it control. You're able to control the the intensity of, of the drumming so that it's not so loud. And but you could do more. You could do. You could be more. You know, uh, you could be aggressive, but uh, you don't really want to jazz drumming you just yeah. kind of have you heard this song freedom jazz dance by freedom jazz dance by the miles davis quintet no i don't think i have the drumming in that always gets me every time because it's like you try to there's songs you can mimic you can be like doom, 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 doom. but these jazz ones man yeah. you're like what are you doing like, yeah yeah it's incredible jazz drumming is probably one of the most difficult styles of drumming there is it's just they're working on a whole completely other level and and then you get guys like uh like uh Dave Brubeck that come in and want to do a different <laughs> uh, time signature style. And, and So Take 5 is probably a very popular song that you never knew the name of or who did it. But it's... Yeah. Do you know that song, Aaron? No. Oh, man, come on. And it's probably, yeah. It, or maybe you're just doing a bad imitation. Of it. <laughs> awesome. That's what I was going to say. You've probably heard of it. Before. It's probably more well known. You just didn't know it was called that. But that's that's a very fascinating style of, of music. It completely changed uh, what jazz Since was Since we're all not that about. popular yet, I'm pretty sure we can just play whatever we want. Yeah, that would actually be helpful since we're going to talk about it. And that way there's some context. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. You know what it is. <laughs> yeah, we were right. Dun, 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 dun. Wait, here's the hook. So, yeah. It's, it's a very different style. I don't know if... Welcome to Two Crazy Seas Podcast with your host. <laughs> That's our new and intro. And copyright strike. And copyright. <laughs> like, oh no, they're banging on the door. <laughs> yeah. How dare you use that song that everyone recognizes but doesn't know the name to. <laughs> Yeah, that's, Dude, that's a 15 minute. I mean, that's yeah. like a coffee break um, episode right there. Just listening to that song? No, no, no. The whole way through? <laughs> no. <laughs> song, so I meant songs that everyone recognizes that you don't know the name to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which that's one of them because I that's, had yeah. no idea. It's a, there's, I think media movies have really introduced a lot of people to classical music, jazz that you really like, but you never look it up because you. Yeah. Take five, yeah. like, you know, or. This song and the key of E. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the timing signature on that song it's it's five four as opposed to four four. So you usually think of your typical song being in four four. Can three. you show us a beat of four four? Is that so? Hard? It's just re- literally one two three four one two three four. And then what's five four? So it's basically uh, five beats per measure instead of four. So one two three four five one two three four five one two. So you kind of add an extra beat into that same measure. You squeeze it in there. So there's five beats instead of four. And that was really challenging for for Dave uh, Brubeck to, to bring to, to the studio, the recording <laughs> studio. Uh, they the, the record label was actually kind of hesitant about that, not just because of uh, his other ideas, because that album actually was the first, one of the first jazz albums to have uh, uh, art, as the cover instead of, you know, a photo of the band. Oh, wow. Uh, he, he wanted a painting, so he had this painter uh, draw up something and, and paint it for him so that it could be the, the cover. 
So he take he brings that, and then he brings. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna do jazz a little bit differently by having this five four uh, method, and, and and so the you know they were a little bit hesitant, but he he sold them. He he was able to go through with it, and and it caught on too because I think uh, the you've you've probably heard that same time signature in other songs before, like the Mission Impossible. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's you want me to sing that one for you too? I know that one. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Lalo Schifrin put in a lot of work into that song too, into that theme, because he, he kind of tied it into Morse code. So that dun, 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 dun. that's actually Morse code for MI. He's doing the little beats. Ah. Oh, I didn't know. It's that. actually two dashes and, and two dots. You know, YYZ is like that too. Is it really? By a rush. But yeah. MI means Mission Impossible. YYZ is just like the postal code to the airport or something. Like no. I forget. <laughs> Anyways, in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the different time signatures, you kind of see it. It comes up a lot. I think Pink Floyd's uh, Money is 7-4. Uh, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. So you, you see how, yeah, yeah, it kind of it stretches more. They're adding more beats to each measure, and so that can be a little complicated. And so it's difficult to play to to to, to play along to if you're not used. Yeah, to. we're all used to it. We just have ingrained in our minds the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. But when you start adding more in those measures, it just it's it can kind of mess with your mind a little bit as a musician. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if. If it makes sense to anybody else, what's happening? I think just listening to it, you wouldn't really tell the difference. Yeah. But when you go as a kid and you're like trying to play all these popular rock songs, and you come across money, and you're like, "Okay, guys, let's all try to play this together." And your yeah. friend's learning drums, and he's still going on four four. Yeah. And you're like, "Dude, this doesn't match up." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's confusing at first, and yeah, it, it's it's kind of mind boggling because you're not used to it. I don't know why we're all just so focused on. One, two, three, four, because it's the most conventional style. Yeah, you see, that's what I always think is interesting about music, too, is you go into different cultures and areas, and it's so simple for them what they play. Yeah. And yet for us, when we try to even just step a foot into it, mm-hmm. it's just, like, complicated. I've been trying to learn, uh, like, uh, Bossa Nova yeah. guitar yeah. and just simple stuff. Yeah. No, it's not that simple. No. Chord changes, all kinds of stuff, even the drum beats mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, um, exactly. Because yeah. you kind of got, like, this marching on the guitar part. It goes, dun, 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 dun. And in between that, you're playing different melody notes. Yeah. And with the drums, it's the same. Just yeah, it's... I like, yeah, I like Bossa Nova. That's, uh, I haven't heard too many songs of, in that style, but I, I do like it. It's pretty catchy. It's yeah. Very different. So I'm just going to play you Freedom Jazz Dance real quick while they're here. Yeah, go ahead. People know what we're talking about, and then we'll, we're going to have to stop. So Aaron doesn't kill us. <laughs> I love making vilifying Aaron. It is one of the greatest things in life. Next to podcasting. <laughs> huh, well this one's explicit, even though it's a jazz song. Oh, what difference does it make? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is it. I don't know why it would be explicit. Maybe it's oh it's a live version. Yeah. The- That's 
But yeah, so that's like just a little part of it. I like it. It just feels like so like fast and yet chill at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's relaxing, but at the same time you feel like you need to get up and move. <laughs> yeah, it's like moving in some direction. Yeah. And that's why I like jazz so much is because it, it does lend itself to creating art because it's yeah. so... You see colors and shapes and... Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's the way it is. Jazz has always been like that. Mm-hmm. It's very different than... That's why when you see a lot of those like original Pixar stuff, like the short films they make, yeah, always got jazz in it because it's... Mm-hmm. Expressing little things. Exactly. Yeah. I've always enjoyed that style. It's it's a very interesting playground. Yeah. So I think Aaron Zeus going to cave in. <laughs> Possibly. Well, folks, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Remember us, uh, you know. <laughs> little did you know this would be the last thing you'd ever do, Miguel. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my last words. <laughs> I have out. noisy neighbors. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Is this your first or second? I mean, this is your second podcast, but is this your first time podcasting? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it is. I've always wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. I give here. Just go. You can go take a roll of toilet paper from Aaron's bathroom. All right. Actually, I already swiped on him. Oh, you already <laughs> sw- There you go. I was like, what's that bulge coming out of yeah. his back Did pocket? Did you notice I've been sitting higher? <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> sitting on it. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I have no words to say. Just goodbye, everybody. Oh, man. Here's the best. Yeah, thank you for listening to Crazy Skews Podcast, the weekend coffee break, with your hosts, Ao and Tino, and our special guest, Miguel Peru. Stay t- t- tuned next time. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another guest. We'll see who it is. It could be you. <laughs> it could be you. <laughs> We're out to get you. <laughs> oh, right here. Right. This, is what, this is what I live for.